it's getting close to the end of the year and I wanted to create a solo cast. I've never done this before. I don't even have an agenda or anything, but I feel like talking about my journey over the past uh, year and a half, two years and where I'm at now and just kind of lay it all out there so that you guys can see my journey and potentially resonate with it. So most of you guys know my story, um, and I have made a few episodes on it, but I'm going to tell it from a different version today because I feel like every time I tell the story, it is a new version because I'm a different, I'm seeing it from a different lens. Like the more I gain perspective, the more, the more I evolve and the more I see my own story as being different, the more d- the different lessons I pick up from it. And specifically today, I'm sitting at my parents' house in Buffalo, New York, and it's always interesting being home. Um, whenever I come home, it's like it's it's different every time. But in the past, um, I usually went back into my like childhood ways. And my relationship with my parents. And it wasn't until I started doing personal development work. I mean, I've been doing personal development work since seventh grade. But it wasn't until I really started doing personal development work uh, two years ago or even when I was in Bali. And until I started seeing my parents as humans and not parents, meaning out of the roles and out of the conditioning that my mind kind of put them in like I have this tendency to or I had this tendency to see my parents as parents having this certain role and that relationship that I had me as a child them as a parent continued every time I came home it was almost like I pulled up to Buffalo New York walked in my parents house and immediately like those patterns were like attached to me almost like they were my identity and the last few times I came home this past year I didn't notice that and I I actually the first thing I did when I got home this year was I showed my mom a letter that I wrote to her and it was a letter of um, how I I see her and I understand what she's going through and I wanted her to show, I wanted her to know how much I loved her from her lens, like a lens that she would understand. And not just saying, hey, I love you, but hey, I know that I am, or I have been like this and like this and like this in the past. For instance, I know that I've been judgmental. I know that I haven't been super supportive of the way that you do things, the way that I feel life should be living with passion and vigor and inspiration and love. And I'm sorry for judging you for being in pain versus walking with you through that pain and helping you come out of it on the other side. Because when I was in high school and middle school, Instead of seeing her pain and her childhood as part of her journey, I saw it more as, why are you like this? Don't you just want to be happy and change? 
and she struggled with depression a lot. And for me, I wasn't seeing her. Like I was seeing it happen. I was seeing the situation, but I wasn't seeing her soul's essence. I was seeing the conditioning of her own mind. And so I wrote her a letter and I just said, hey, like I love you so much. And I want to reflect back to you the mirror that I see you as and that I know your soul is and not reflect back to you the judgment that you put on yourself and the lack of self-love in your own life. Not that she has, you know, lack of self-love, but it's, it's different. And, um, and I'm learning, still learning to respect and love the journey of the human experience. Like everybody is going on such a unique journey and to actually open my eyes to see how deeply humanity and um, these experiences, especially when they're between the ages of zero and seven, can have an impact on our lives until we're 50 or 60. And the biggest thing I've been working with this year is like around triggering. And um, Eckhart Tolle calls these pain bodies. I like to call them triggers. But they're just points in our lives where we become upset by something and we don't really know where it's coming from, but all of a sudden we're either sad or angry and we're like, I don't know why I'm upset, but I just am. And these are actually places to look into further because they're places where we can heal. Like every time I came home in the past, I would see my mom sleeping and I would get angry. I would say, why are you sleeping? Don't you want to like do something today? Let's go for a run. Let's like do something fun. Instead of just acknowledging and accepting the journey that she's on and maybe sitting with her through something, I was immediately trying to change. And that was my trigger. And I've been triggered by a lot of things this past year, especially in my relationship specifically around um, the guy that I was dating in Bali, I was in such an incredible relationship with a guy who um, reminded me a lot of my mother in the most beautiful ways and then also in painful ways. And I would get triggered by him, specifically around him smoking cigarettes because I really don't like cigarettes. But there were other things too. And I would get triggered and hurt and upset by all of these things that were part of my conditioning. And I realized my last week in Bali, and I connected the dots of, oh my God, like, this is what I've been here healing. Like, I've learned to love the the deepest parts of the guy that I was dating And in doing so, I learned to deeply love and accept my mother. Not that I didn't love and accept her before, but I I did it on an entirely new level. I gained a new level of consciousness. And that was really healing for me. And not only was it healing for my relationship with her, but it was also healing for my relationship with a lot of people. Like learning how to 
to love parts of a person that you don't understand is stepping into looking at somebody with empathy and being able to say, hey, you're going through something. Like, I don't need you to be anything but what you are. Like, I don't need to look at you through my lens. I need to look at you through your lens. Like, what do you need and what are you experiencing right now? And maybe all you need is someone to talk to without any advice, without anyone trying to fix anything, but just being there to listen. And, um, and so when I came back to Atlanta, I, I, I also stepped into being a better coach because of that and seeing people through this other lens. And I also connected to my why while I was in Bali. And this was part of my why. Um, I, I love empowering women and I love giving anyone confidence and seeing them for who they truly are. Where I get stuck is around this certain pattern that my mother and my ex-boyfriend held around self-love and like this deep, dark place of depression that I didn't hold space for. And it was harder for me to reflect back this beautiful, empowering image of, oh my God, like I immediately see people's gifts. Like when I meet somebody, I'm like, bam, I know exactly what, like I can see your entire future. Like I just see how magnificent the person is. Like immediately I'm just like, hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm, (laughs) you tell me your name and I'm like, oh my God. And I just see all these amazing gifts. When a person reflects back these depressive states in the past, it was harder for me to see the gift. It was harder for me to see the gift instantly. I mean, I, I, I still would. It would just take time. And then it also required healing. And that wasn't my gift. Like my gift wasn't healing. And I think I actually this year stepped into becoming more of a healer. And part of that was empathy through empathy and and listening and holding space and not needing to fix because as an empowerment coach it's very easy to see someone's gift write it on paper hand somebody a vision and say let me help you and empower you to get there and that's also a very prescriptive way of doing it it's very like let me fix or let me just hand you something let me just help you by like showing you and reflecting back the best version of you and saying here Healing is an entirely different path that requires open space and creating safety in conversation. And people don't feel safe when they feel they're being judged, of course. Like who would want to tell someone a story and then feel worse about it afterwards, right? And maybe that wasn't what was happening. Like they were the these people that I'm describing my mother and, and my ex-boyfriend, not these people. Um, and by the way, they're both extremely amazing, empowering people. And obviously I love them both. Like I fell deeply, deeply in love with this guy. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I was with him, of course, like healing this part of myself. I think we attract what we need to heal. And he helped me step into my purpose and all of these things. Um. But healing and holding space 
uh, is an entirely new, non-prescriptive approach to coaching. And I think, um, I think that's what shifts a person from being a consultant to a coach. A consultant likes to just uh, give, give and fix, give advice, fix things. And a healer and a coach creates space for healing, creates safety, creates a foundation, asks questions, and has you come to your own answers. So as I moved back from Bali to Atlanta, it became clear why I was a woman's empowerment coach and specifically why I wanted to help women. And it's because of this relationship that I had with my mom, but it took a new form. It was like this, um, this form that started as I want to help people that are in depression get out of depression through empowering them in their masculine. And it turned to, I want to help heal and empower people through the feminine. And the feminine energy is, I mean, the feminine masculine is what I've been obsessed with all year if you've been following my journey. And I'm a Gemini, so naturally I just love the duality of life. I love everything about the duality of life. I think everything exists in a duality. But I became so ingrained in the feminine masculine duality, partly because those are two words. Like feminine and masculine to me is really about yin and yang, which really is about black and white, which really is about literally every single duality. But I like to use these two words specifically because I've put so much context and meaning around these words now. And it's just easier for me to describe them like this. If you don't know what that means or if it doesn't resonate with you, just think of it as yin and yang. But for me, the feminine energy is extremely open. It's about receiving. It's about creating space. It's about allowing. And the masculine energy is about directing. It's about forward motion. It's about efficiency. It's about moving from point A to point B as quickly as possible. They're both extremely effective. And throughout the year, I've come into balance with these two energies. Before, I would say I was totally out of balance, like way more in my masculine than my feminine. And then I switched way more in my feminine than my masculine. And now I feel very balanced. And I'm seeing the beauty of what that means and why we need balance in our lives. We all know that we need balance, but I don't think we really understand what it means. And the feminine and the masculine is a really simple way for me to understand what it means. So in my own business, in my own life, I use the feminine and the masculine in a very unique and specific way that's just specific to me. And I think that every single person has their own balance and their own homeostasis of where they operate naturally. I think we can operate in a, a healed way, meaning a, a mature feminine masculine or an immature feminine and masculine. And um, not saying that we operate totally in mature states and totally in immature states, but I would say I like to call it the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine. In a way, it's like where we've been hurt and where we then fear 
that expression. So for instance, I feared the feminine because I saw a person that I loved so greatly in my life being carried away by emotion, being taken down by emotion. And really it was now, now that I've, I've been in this field for a while and I, and I see it from a detached lens, I see that it was more suppression and a repression of emotion than an expression of emotion. And that's where ecstatic dance comes in, you know, like expressing all of these things. But I think a lot of times, uh, or a lot of why I was fearing the feminine was I was actually fearing the wounded feminine. And I was fearing what it, what the body can do and what the mind can do when we suppress emotion. And when we hold that trapped emotion in our body, causing these triggers, right? And so throughout the year, I've learned to heal my own triggers and trust my feminine energy and really step into my feminine in an empowered place, a place of discernment and a place that I can trust versus following this blind intuition, jumping off a mountain into the wind, hoping that I'll be caught by the bungee cord above me. Like that was how I was seeing it. And it was way too unknown. It was way too jumping into the darkness, not having a plan. And that scared the shit out of me. And throughout the year, I've built up this trust with her and this um, respect for her. Like the wisdom of her is so powerful and so strong. And I was seeing the repressed version of her. And I would say, not to put this across all of America, but I would say that that's a pattern across a lot of people. Like, I don't think I'm hyper unique in that thought. And I think that's where the difference between feminism, like feminists, and being feminine comes in. The feminine move or the feminist movement is based on, uh, it stems from the repression of the feminine. It's a movement that was started with anger and fear. And I think now it's starting to shift into a more feminine movement, but it used to be a movement about hating on men and trying to be more like men and competing with men. And all of these wounded masculine qualities were fueling this movement. And I think instead of becoming more like men, what I wanted to do was learn to be more feminine and to be more like a woman and to respect the feminine qualities in people. And even having men step into their expressed feminine instead of the wounded feminine or the wounded masculine. And I think that, and I know that that is the movement that I am behind and that I'm excited about. So all of this journey that I went on, all tied into that specific mission. And that's why I am so freaking excited about 2020. I'm excited about this movement. I'm excited about the feminine and the masculine and helping people step into these beautiful places of healthy masculinity and healthy femininity. One, to heal relationships, of course. And two, for me personally, to master the creation process. 
I love creating this world. I love creating businesses. I love creating ideas. I'm always in creation mode. It makes me happy. We say that a lot of times I say that we're either in creation mode, maintenance mode, or destruction mode, and we fluctuate between the two. And I think most of us, at least I, and like a lot of entrepreneurs that I'm surrounded by, we're happiest in creation mode. And I am obsessed with learning and mastering the creative process by balancing the feminine and the masculine energies for other people. And right now I'm actually creating a program on this because I'm so adamant, excited, and I'm, I keep using the word obsessed because it's so true. I really think it's part of my purpose and my story, as you can hear from this episode and how this all kind of came came about. I didn't choose this path. This is just what has emerged from this space that I gave myself in Bali. And yes, I think the feminine and masculine um, and getting into healthy relationships with these two, one, will heal a movement across America, two, heal relationships, but three, I think we'll be able to create from a space of infinity and impossibility, which is the feminine, versus this place of limitation. And I think we'll actually be able to discover more. A lot of scientists use the scientific method. Um, It's a very um, prescriptive and a very logical approach with that much masculine energy and that much prescription and logic comes a lot of limitation. Like the masculine energy naturally creates boundaries. That's how it creates. Um, you put a boundary around something and then you can actually know where what you're creating. It's defined. It's structured. The feminine is infinite. It's, it, it makes the impossible possible. Um, that's the beauty of the feminine. That's the creativity. That's the creative energy. I think when we can start creating from the feminine, we will actually be able to discover more in science and spirituality and all of these things. And I like to say that spirituality is just science undiscovered. Like this, like the way I just see spirituality, it's not a religion, like a structure. I see it as a way of being, like creation. Like, why are we here? Why the hell are humans here on earth? We're all wondering this question, right? And I think that science is just facts about discoveries that we have made. And spirituality is the unknown. It's what we have left to discover. And it's so funny when people are like, I don't believe in spirituality. And I'm like, what? What do you not believe in? The unknown? Because it doesn't exist? Like, (laughs) it's just interesting to me. And I think if we can switch the way that we view it and put it into a different perspective, I think we'll actually be able to discover a lot more. And I actually think if scientists and spiritualists were to get together... We will be under, we'd be able to, and I'm going to use this terminology, but I actually want to brand it. So if you're listening, just keep that in mind. I think there's, uh, we like to call it ecology. Uh, and, and I think there's going to be a term, soulcology, like understanding the soul and how we are here and how we got here using spiritual based principles. And so I know this is a long podcast. I know I've been going into this journey and telling you guys all about it, but this is what I'm looking forward to in 2020. And um, I'm going to be sharing all about my journey on Instagram, um, through social media, through writing. You guys know I love to write. Um, 
And yeah, so if, if you're not following me already, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Zerna. You can go ahead and take a look at my website, chelseazerna.com. And I will be launching this program in the first quarter of 2020. If you're living in Atlanta and you want to attend any of my events, I host an ecstatic dance every single full moon. It's called Ecstatic Dance Temple. Every single solstice and equinox, I hold an event called Rewild. It's magical. So go ahead and look at the promo video. Oh my god. It's so good. Uh, Matthew DeMarco, props to you for making that video. Seriously, it's amazing. Uh, my co-creator, Megan, she's, she's going to be living in Bali for the first six months of the year. Um, and she'll be back in the second half of the year. So I'm excited to create more with her. So you guys will see more from Rewild in the second half of the year. So thank you guys for following along this journey. I've been doing this podcast for about six months now. And I appreciate every single person who's downloaded it, who's listened to it, who's supported me in any way. I seriously love you guys. You know how much I love you. And if you don't, I'm telling you right now, I love you so much. I appreciate you. Um, if you want if you want to hear that in person, reach out to me. I, I would love to just tell you how much I love you. So enjoy your holiday. Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, happy holiday, happy new year. I will see you guys at the beginning of next year.